shall separate us from the law of Christ, from the love of Christ? And then he continues, listen. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or pandemic or econ economy or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written, for your sake we face days all day long. We are considered a sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now I am going to take some time to kind of dwell on this a little bit. Because we don't understand what Apostle Paul, the true meaning of this word, he says, all these problems come for one reason and only one reason, that for us to conquer those issues and be victorious. I want to I wanna just direct ask you this question. What kind of challenge, unsurmounted challenge that you are experiencing today? Do you have one? I'm not, not talking about 10. One major challenge that you have right now. Do you know why do you have this challenge? It's right here in Romans. To experience victory over this challenge in the name of Jesus Christ. It's here in the scripture. Why? Because he is on the right side of the Father interceding for you. Bring the challenge to God today and say, God, this is what I could not handle because it's bigger to me. And God says, exactly. That was done to you so that you can experience my glory in, my, in your life for that person, purpose. And that so that you can conquer it through my enablement in your life. Do you feel excited yet? <laughs> Talk to me, guys. Talk to me. This is going to be easier for me to preach because I feel like I'm preaching to the desert. Amen? You can drink coffee. You can run around. You can stand on your feet and do some exercise, and then we will move on. Now, the, the, the reason why, and then he continues in Torah 8 or 9, listen, for I am convinced, and that's the conviction that I'm talking about, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither heights nor depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us, and the key word is separate us, from the love of God that is in Christ in Jesus. And sometimes we don't understand what the love of God is in Christ Jesus. We think the love of God in Christ Jesus is just some abstract idea that somehow deity loves us. Love of God in Christ Jesus has very practical implications. It's not just God somehow excluding some sort of a fluids or whatever, some, some aura. That's very practical. Love of God has practical implication. That's your health. That's your provision. That's the blessing in your life. That's the, feel, that's the peace that you experience. All of this can be translated or explained by the love of God in Christ in your life. That's victorious living. 
If I am on defeat, I am not walking in the love of Christ. But when I am victorious, I am walking actually in the love of Christ in my life. So for me, it's practical. It's not a theory. I, am, I, 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 I don't need to talk right now about the way how, oh, how Jesus loves me. I need to live somehow tomorrow. And the love of Christ is in this, that he enables me to live a victorious life. Do I preach to somebody here? But listen, the, 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 the idea here is, Nothing will able to separate from that love, from that enablement, from that power, from that spirit of victory that you experience in your life. Nothing. Nothing means you can put anything. You can, you can go ahead and, and put that list more and more. You can put here the political situation. You can put here pandemic, lockdown, would not separate from the victorious living in Jesus Christ. That's the scripture, my friend. That's what it means. God is with me. It doesn't matter what's going on outside. God is still with me, and He allows me to be victorious. Now, if I only know if I only today understand what comes with this realization that God is with me, what it does is it produces this transformation in my life. It enables me, well, that's funny, but it enables me to live as if God is with me. This is the basis, my friend, for mental health. This is the basis for having peace in your heart. This is the basis to or solution for all your bunch of anxiety that you might experience. Why? Because why do you need to worry if God is with me? But Pastor, oh, I just don't know what's going to happen with the economy. Pastor, oh, we don't know what's gonna, who's going to be the president. Who of you worrying who's going to be the president? And I'm looking, and I'm like, what, does it dif what, what difference does it make? Who's going to be the president? For me, the difference is who's going to be my God. And as far as I know, God is still on, th on the throne. It amazes me how uh, Hollywood celebrities, each time when somebody is elected in the office that they don't like, they say, we are going to move to Canada because we cannot live under this president. What a pitiful mentality. You cannot live under somebody's president. I don't care who. You can put a Putin here and I would live and, 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 and celebrate and worship God. It doesn't matter for me personally. Why? Because God is on the throne and He is with me. Is it a good preaching? But, but listen, in, um, I want to give you this uh, verse uh, Paul says in Hebrew 13. Let your lives 
be without greed and be content with what you have because he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. This, Jesus actually says, and this is, I, I put quote here, and surely I am with you always. And Paul says that, let your, listen, let your life be without greed and be content. That means, don't worry about what kind of stuff you have. Because, and how he connects that greediness to the fact that God is with you. If I know that God is with me, with me, then frankly, I don't really care what kind of car I'm driving, what house I live. I remember, it's funny, I remember I was living, I was living in a very simple house, a ranch in Agavam, a little blue house, because I was doing a lot of different things at that time, and people would come to me, and they would, they would be shocked. They would say, you? live in this house, how stupid it is. Yes, I live in this house. I can, I can even live under the bridge as long as God is with me. And I frankly don't care what kind of house I live. I can live in a mansion and I can live in a little blue house, but God is with me. I can ride the bicycle or I can ride the best Mercedes in the world. God is with me. That's what matters, my friend. And people who don't realize it, they, they try to bump or buff themselves up with the things around them. Why? Because they don't realize that God is with them. And, and, and the thing is, see, what, what, what I want to focus here, I don't have much time, but, but I feel like it's, it's something that, in, in fact, if you allow me today to open this, this question, I would say that this is going to be the most important discussion in this year. That's it. This is what I want you to take in 2020, before we move in 2021. This is the final preaching. This is the final spot that I want to focus on. And here is the point. Remember, uh, David says, even, I, even I, if when I go to the uh, valley, through the valley of shadow of death, remember he was talking about? I will not be afraid of evil. Why? Because? Why? Because, he says, why? You are what? With me. Today's topic is that God is with me. Throughout the Bible, you always see, see the same motive, if you want, the same theme. God is with you. You don't have to be afraid. I will be with you. I will be with you all the time. I'm with you. I will be with you. The Lord is my shepherd, David says. I shall not want. That's the point. Um, in Psalm 73, David says, The nearness of God is my good. The Lord is my portion. I've got the Lord, and, and that's, that's my portion. That's all what I need, essentially. That's the basis for our normal, healthy, 
effective lifestyle if you want. If you don't have that idea that God is with you in a tangible way, I don't know how can you build a normal life because God designed us in a way that we can only function, listen, the way how we hardwire, that we can only function with this realization of God is with me. That's all. I, I went to my, my friend the other week, and, and uh, she to, to her house, and she had a baby. Her mother was holding the baby, and, and my friend, she gave the baby to her mother. And so she's holding the baby, and the, the friend wants to go with me out of the room, and each time when she goes to the room, the baby starts to cry. She comes back like one step, the baby is smiling. On the hands of the grandma, the baby is smiling. And so we need to go out. So she goes out like this, and the baby starts crying. Ah! She comes back. Why? Because the baby is hardwired to be comfortable in the presence of the mom. Now let me just tell you this. We as human beings cannot function in this realization that we are alone in the cosmos, that we are alone in this universe. It's sickening to your mind. We are just not used to that. We cannot function like that. Something is starting falling apart. But the moment you realize that God is with me, all of a sudden, life starts to make sense and everything starts to come into the place. And that's the premise. Really quickly, I, I will move to my first point, perception. Now, what is perception? According to the dictionary, perception is the ability to see, hear, or become aware of something through the senses. That's perception. Uh, simply saying, without you know, using big words, perception. Perception is reality. I, I don't want to go into this philosophical discussion, but perception simply is awareness. That's all what it is. Awareness. And, and the way, the, and I would even say this, the major way how you know that God is with you is through awareness of Him with you. This is the major way how I know that God is with me, through awareness of God being with me. And, and you say, wait, 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 but what do you mean, Pastor Oleg? And like, let me, okay, let me just give you this illustration. We live in Los Angeles, right? And I take my family, my beautiful wife, Ala, and my older uh, daughter, Victoria, to, to the streets of Los Angeles. And in downtown, there is a place uh, that uh, is, is, um, is filled with shops and boutiques. And, and it's like a like a humongous flea market, if you want. All people are walking, it's like a crowd 
boats and ocean of people moving and there is no you, you can't even drive the the car on those streets because people are just moving and so i took i took my daughter and i took my wife Ala to go there on the street to go from shop to shop to see what's going on it's just a mess i mean so much people such a huge crowd los angeles in the middle of the town and as we were go, 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 going on the sidewalk, sidewalk, uh, uh, the, 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 the person next to us comes, because it's, it's crowded, so next to, to us, the person is, is going with the dog, like a big dog. And Vika is still a little, you know, girl, I don't even remember how old she was. And she walks with the dog and she puts her hand on the dog, like, kind of like this, because it's crowded. And I said, Vika, Vika, look, look how big, how nice the dog is. And she looks around and she's like, huh, what dog? Where? And she's touching the dog. What dog? Huh? And I'm like, here, right there, you're touching it. I wonder, I wonder how many of us touching something that is miraculous and don't even see it. I wonder how many of us go through some experiences in life and are not even aware of it. I wonder how many of us are crying out to the Lord about the presence of God, don't even know that this is not God that needs to show His presence. That's you who need to open your eyes and see. And sometimes when I see this religious blabbering about presence of God, sometimes it's like, what are you talking about? God is always with you. Yes, God is near to you. It's about you being able to break the barriers to see and acknowledge that God is with you, being aware of it. That's all what it is, my friend. I wanted to focus on this verse in Hebrew 11:27. Just listen, it's about Moses. And I, the reason why I wanted to focus is because it's so, so strange. Listen, by faith, Moses left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He, Moses, persevered. persevered. I like the word persevered. That's another topic. If, you, if you're looking for the topic to preach, that's the topic. Perseverance connected here. Persevered why? Because, do you know why we persevere? Do you know why we persevere in life? Because he saw him who is invisible. It's a kind of strange phrase to me. English being second I don't know how you, how do you, how do you explain this? Seeing, invisible. How can you see that which is invisible? Can somebody of you explain to me how you can see that which is invisible? That's how we see God, who is invisible. How could, how could Moses persevere? through all these challenges of in his life was not easy life. How can you persevere through the enormous challenges that face you today? 
Let me give you a hint, my friend. Maybe it's time for you to open your eyes and see whom is invisible. You say, well, but that's, that's Moses and it's Old Testament. Second Corinthians 4, 16 and 18. Apostle Paul says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away. I don't know what wasting away means. It's probably getting tired or old. I don't know. Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary uh, troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So, and this is the point, listen. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, here it is again, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. If only we learn in this church, I don't come to this church to teach you religion. Go to college, go to seminary, go to Bible school, Go to Bible college and learn your religion all you want. Power to you. My task is, remember, that we don't, we don't say our, our, the, the, the vision or the mission of the church to teach people religion. Our vision is to bring people to God. Do you know what it means in the biblical, biblical words? To teach people to see that. Which is unseen. If I only can teach people to see that is unseen, to be aware of the presence of God, I can go home to be with my father. If I can only teach that. And um, the question is, but, but how do I actually do it? How do I see that which is unsee unseeable? And, and, and this is the key. Um, remember, Jesus says, you, you need to seek first the kingdom of God. And, and he used this word seek. And I know that we don't like this word very much because it's been used and abused and overused and in, in misused in the, in the churches. But I want to use it because it's biblical. What if we need to actually seek God? Do you know that one of the keys to be aware of God is to develop this discipline of seeking God? Do you know that being aware of God is not happening automatic. And I know that some of you are screaming right now, wait a second, but I had, wait a second, but in the Bible we have stories, wait a second, but I know of a person who were seeing God and God showed up. Yes, 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 and yes, it happens. But normally, most of the time, what we do, we learn and develop awareness of God in this way, by seeking Him. 
And, and, and some of you say, well, but God showed up, show up to, to Paul in the tangible way. And he says, Paul, Paul. And I, if I don't see that, if I don't hear that, that must not be God. Most of us learn the presence of God by developing awareness of God, by the keys, seeking Him. That's basically the, the point. We, we learn to train our mind to be focusing on God. That's basically I, I'm leading you. And here is why. Listen. Because, see, God is very gentle. Devil will jump into your face all the time, even if, <laughs> when you don't seek him. He will jump into your face. Each time when I open news on the uh, website, I see devil jumping into my face in the form of whatever. Right, Nick? Nick is laughing. He knows what I'm talking about. But God never jumps into your face like that. Why? Because he's gentle. God wants to be wanted. We as people want to be wanted. I never go, people say, Pastor Ola, come to my party. I never go to the party uninvited. Have you ever made a party and somebody show up uninvited? It's kind of weird, right? So God never wants to come to a party and your life is a party uninvited. Because God is gentle. And for you to be aware of God, you need to actually make a formal invitation. Dear God, you're cordially invited to my life. Be with me all the time in my life. That's basically what it is. Now, the, the idea here uh, is that, see, in many cases, when I see people being not paying attention to me, I get offended. It happens in the uh, supermarket when people cut in front of me in the line. It happens especially with people who are talking on the phone loudly in my presence. And I'm like, hello, I'm here. Why are you, why are you screaming? Not paying attention to me. Why? Because we hate being not or ignore or not being wanted. Now, um, the, the, the same idea, I'm just trying to understand how the spiritual things works, and I see God being offended or grieved, the Holy Spirit, by what? By us ignoring Him. And not only that, we ignore God sometimes, and in the same time, we scream to God, God, please show me your presence. And God is like, I am here, right there, next to you. All what you need to do is to be aware of the fact that I am here with you. It's not me, it's you who don't feel the presence. Now, the, the, before I move, I just want to leave this with you. This awareness of God does not develop automatically. 
or possibly. It always requires intentionality from our part. It always active on our, on our side. We have to pursue God or seek God in order to be aware of Him. Because He, he wants to He wants to be wanted and he wants to, and he is showing himself to us to the degree we seek him. How is that? In ordinary life, when we want to see something, the other day we went to a property in Chicopee, and I was talking to a guy and I said, look in the roof, do you see there is no shingles, shingles are missing. And I have a very good eyes. And I said, the shingles are missing. He says, where? Right there. Three or four shingles are missing. That means that the rain is going to go through. And the other guy who was with me, he says, let me go to the car and get the binoculars so that I can see it up close. He went to the car, he got binoculars, and he looked at the room. <gasps> yes. Now, was the shingle missing before and after? Yeah, it, before he got binoculars, the shingle was missing. The reality was there. The problem is he didn't see it. How is it in the normal life, we use tools to be aware of certain realities? We use telescopes, we use microscopes, we use binoculars to see those things that are real. The same thing in the spiritual Reality. If you want to see God, you have to diligently attend to that question, I want to see God. Now, but the, the question is, how, how we can practically do this is to focus or direct our minds to this very issue of God being present in our, in our midst. See, uh, this, even uh, when I mentioned Brother Lawrence, it took him 10 years to develop this awareness. He was focusing his mind. Let me just give you practically, because I don't have time. He was focusing his mind by the fact that he is with me intentionally, because our mind is wandering all the time. Now, what do we focus our mind upon? That's my question. Do we focus our minds on Netflix? So we watch Netflix, one episode, then two episodes, then ten episodes, and then we watch movies, and then we say, God, your presence, let's go to the conference to feel the presence of God. This is the American reality today. That's how people practice in presence of God. They eat junk, spiritual junk. They isolate themselves from the presence of God, and then they go to the concert. So something breaks through through this. This is not the way how it's supposed to be. And then they go to the anointed people, like a, like a pastors, teachers, spiritual gurus, um, uh, prophets, for them to speak the word of God. God's intention was always to have close fellowship with you. Why? Because when you have this awareness of God being with you all the time, He speaks to you, He talks to you.
to you and he directs your path every time of the way regardless whether or not you talk to this man of God or not you have this ongoing communication all the time that's how I always focus and have this awareness of God being with me. And it's so critical because this awareness actually shapes me. This awareness develops my character. This is the key for transformation in my life. If I'm not aware of God being with me, good luck with my Christian living. That's why we have double lives in the churches. That's why we have people who have these two different realities. We have Sunday reality and we have Monday reality. If God is with me, it doesn't matter if you're in church or outside of the church. If it's Monday or Sunday, God is with you. In school, at work, on the street, God is with me. That's the awareness of God. Now, David Brenner says, says this, we cannot attain and I love it. He says, we cannot attain the presence of God. We are already totally in the presence of God. What's missing is awareness. That's why Apostle Paul was preaching about renewal of the mind. See, he's coming to the stage of so Jesus. It's a, done. We need to finish the... Oh, no. We still have time. Praise God. <laughs> now, let me reiterate this. Awareness of God. Developing the awareness of God with you is the primary way, primary way how I know that God is with me. With that being said, I'm moving to the second point, which is provision. This is the second dimension of how I am sure that God is with me, convinced that God is with me, and that's a provision. Remember I told you about this brother Sorge who did the shit truck for us for free? Do you know what that means for me? Again, people don't know it. People, people just look at me and they think that I'm happy because of shit truck. I honestly sometimes could not give a grip, honestly, because I have my own life and I don't really, I mean, shit rock, no shit rock. But what is important to me is not that. For me, and I will be very sincere to you, is the fact that a person gave us a day of his labor and he says, I don't even need a compensation, don't want to take compensation, for me, that is so critically important. And you said, Pastor Oleg, but why? Why it's so critically important to you? Because this is my way to know that God is with me, provision. When people donate to church, give, give this extravagant giving to church, bring the gifts that are just blowing your mind away, <laughs> of course, I love the gifts, thank you very much, all that stuff. But what people don't realize, the bigger reality behind this, I see God. I see God in all this provision. When we did these steps, 
and people were coming and dedicating and giving their times and resources and everything. Do you think the steps? I could climb without steps. I'm fine. I can put the ladder there. I'm that kind of a person. I'm content. But what's important to me was God's provision. Like yesterday, when people came here to work here, for me, I was blessed because I saw people working and God realizing His presence through the provision. And that's the second way how we know that God is with me. Listen, in First John, there is this beautiful verse, and John says, this is the confidence we have. Do you have confidence in approaching God? That if we ask anything according to His will, what is according to His will? Have you ever asked this question? And let me just tell you, you cannot divorce the second dimension from the first point of having awareness of God. You cannot divorce this. The reason why people never sometimes experience like God answering their prayers, because they ask God in the prayer without walking with Him or without being aware of God's close to them. That's why they say, Pastor Oleg, I've been praying, I've been praying, I've been praying, and God is not answering. Well, of course He doesn't. Why? Because this condition is not fulfilled if we ask anything according to His will. How do we know His will? How do we know His will? Simply, if God is with me, and I'm talking to Him in this ongoing conversation, and that's a conversation. It's not one-side prayer. In fact, do you know the definition of the prayer? I've read somewhere. Definition of the prayer is this simple. The actual presence of God. How is that for definition of the prayer? I thought the definition of prayer is this. Dear God, we came today in front of you and we give him a nice poetical kind of a piece of, of, I don't know, religious kind of a creation. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is experiencing the presence of God because in this presence you have fellowship with God and His will becomes naturally known to you. That's why it's preconditioned. The second dimension is the, 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 the being in aware of God's presence is preconditioned for this first uh, uh, dimension. I mean, the second dimension of provision. Do you, do you have anything that you want to ask God today? What is it? Money, health, blessing for kids, or anything of that nature? Let me give you a shortcut. Develop awareness of God in your life. And God wants to bless you. That's His will. But you're not going to be praying according to His will if He doesn't tell you Himself. Hey, I want to bless you today. I want to bless your kids today. Why do you pray today to God? Well, I just heard from God through the Holy Spirit. He wants to bless me financially relationally, 
bless my body with health. I just heard him. Dear son, I want to heal your kidney. God, you want to heal, heal my kidney? Yes, son, this is my will. I want to touch your kidney today and heal it. Thank you, God. Please touch my kidney. The healing happened. How else do you think it works? Listen. Approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, that's fellowship with God, remember, being aware of God, He hears us. How else can He hear us? And people say, well, sometimes I pray and feel my prayer goes above the ceiling. Of course it doesn't go above the ceiling. What else do you think? Do you think it just goes somewhere in the universe? No, it stays there. The, pro the thing is that God is below the ceiling. That's the key to your prayer. It's not to get your prayer above the ceiling. It's to be aware of the God who is below the ceiling. He hears us. And if we know that no word, that he hears us. I love this phrase here. Wherever we ask. What is the key to your problem today? What is the key to provision? What is the key to the need that you have today? Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked in Him. And that's basically that verse that I told you. Jesus says, seek forth His kingdom. Awareness, remember? Being aware of God. And the impassive word, all these things will be given, will be added into you, will be given to you. Now, see, the, the problem is that we never allow God to provide for us because we say that we need to provide ourselves. And let me just give you this from my experience. If you say, I'm going to provide for myself, God will let you. God will say, okay, go ahead and do it. God is not going to fight for it. And then we will provide for ourselves. Did I see this in my life? Many times. Did I see Christians doing this? Yes, I saw it. Did I see pastors doing this? Yes, I did it. Did I see myself doing this? All the time. I'm going to provide to myself. Myself, blah, 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 blah. And God says, power to you. Provide. But there is a second side of this story. When we say, God, I will do everything that is in my power, I will do what I can, but you please show yourself faithful in your provision for me. That's when God shows His presence with you by providing to you. I don't have much time, but, but um, I remember Remember we had this experience 10 years ago when all the markets crashed and uh, the economy died completely. And at that time I worked in real estate and was completely dependent on this one field that completely crashed. And my wife worked in that same field. So overnight we were completely out of income like 100%. Bankrupt. And so I said, God, I did not create this mess. 
and I cannot, cannot function in the situation that is the problem that is way bigger than I am. And it just happened that we both in the same, same kind of a field. So tomorrow, we don't have anything to work, to, to pay the bill with and stuff like that. And at that time, it was very popular to work for the banks, to represent banks in selling their foreclosure portfolio. Everybody was fighting and only the best and brightest were able to secure the contracts with corporate clients. Now, I would think that would be nice for me to actually engage in that kind of experience. But I came to God and I said, God, would you, can, can you, how, somehow? You would not believe me if you knew how many competitors are begging the banks the executive in the banks. They go to bars with them, they drink with them, they sleep with them, only to get a contract. In my case, I got an email from a huge corporate client, one of the biggest in America, saying, would you like to represent us in our portfolio? <laughs> would you like? What kind of question is this? I jump on the opportunity and they start sending me contract. Never back, with, uh, back them, never drunk alcohol with them, never slept with anybody except my beautiful wife and I got a contract. How? God is with me. It's very simple, my friend. It's the reality of life. And I will tell you, before we live, I will give you a story, it's easy. Listen, that year and that crisis one was one of my best seasons in terms of earning and profits. Never made that much money after everything crashed down and went down the toilet. And everybody can bankrupt. All people lost houses, like every tenth, uh, 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 um, tenth house was in a foreclosure. We were able to fly with flying colors through the season. It's real. But then I, I, look, I look at the situation and I'm like, well, because I love God to provide for me, even when it's so bad. Seek first the kingdom of God. And we actually did this. I sold my office and I started completely investing in the church. I'm like, you know what, this economy and everything is just, it's just so bad. See, economy in the America is geared towards wants. That's that, and if, if I say, because the Bible says that God will supply all your what? What? Needs. Does it say God will supply your wants? No. It says God will supply all your needs. It's never about wants. It's about needs. American economy is geared toward wants. We do what we want. And, and that applies to the ministry. It applies to churches. It applies to everything else. God will supply your needs. And that's the promise. And there is a presence of God in this promise and realization of this promise. Because see, when we are functioning in the mode of wants, towards good. I just give you this. But God is interested in supplying our needs and He wants us to see His presence and His provision. I can give you a million 
testimonies in my life of God being present in the dire situations. That's why I know that God used me. And Brother Sorge, who says I'm not going to take money, he, he, did, he probably didn't know. Uh, he thought that he blessed me with Shitrak. <laughs> and he did bless me with Shitrak. Don't get me wrong. But he blessed me with the presence of God. And people sometimes bless me with gifts and, and donations and, and contributions. Yes! Yes! On the human level, praise God. We take it. We allow it. God bless you. But they don't know. They bless me. My face is striving. I am being blessed right now because I see God through the provision. Now, I am finishing up. Power. Um, really quickly, you know that uh, we never preach about the story about Isaac. And uh, Isaac was actually a very interesting man. It's in uh, Genesis 26. Don't have much time, but here's the point. There is famine in the land. There is famine in the land, and everybody is suffering. Everybody is actually experiencing the suffering. The Bible says he prospered through the famine. The Bible says when he put the crops, God made the crops grow. God enables crops to grow. How do the third way I see that God is with me, that he enables me to do things that I would not be able to do otherwise in the natural? And the funny thing is, um, the, 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 he has a beautiful wife. And, 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 and people look at his wife, and he's afraid that people, because he feels envy, and he's afraid that people will steal his wife. And he says, this is my sister, this is not wife. And the king look at this guy, and he's like, he realized that he's actually his wife. And he's like, what are you saying? Why are you hiding your blessing? Why are you trying to pretend that this is not yours? If you have a new car, drive on it. Well, people will be envious. That's their problem. <laughs> do, you, do you hear what I'm saying? Do you hear what I'm saying right so, but here's the point. He's um, dropping the seeds, and the, the crops are growing, and, and every other person around him don't have anything, don't have water, don't have harvest, and they got scared of him. How do people see that God is with you when you have a supernatural power and enable to carry out purposes of God that would not be able to do it otherwise. And I, the reason why I like Aviela's new opener was because of this. I looked back on these pictures, and I'm like, no, this is not possible. What we did, you cannot explain none other than the interv divine intervention of God and divine enablement of us to a God of finishing that what God wants us to finish. But listen, so this, this king, who was envious of his wife, and they were afraid of his um, results in the harvest, they came to him, to Isaac, and they said this, in Genesis 28, we saw clearly that the Lord was with you. How, how would a person who doesn't even believe God see that God is with you? 
because of the divine enablement. I, I like the story of uh, D.L. Moody, who was not cultured man, who was not educated man, who was very, very simple man, let's put it in this way. But this is his prayer. Listen to what he says. This is the prayer. The world has yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated to him. By God's help, I am to be that man. And he, when he experienced that, that presence of God in his life, he noticed that he was preaching his sermons, and sometimes he was, would preach even old sermons that he preached before that experience with God. And he said the result in terms of harvest was triple, double, triple, because of the power of God on him. And the funny story is he went to England and once, and these pastors saw the presence of God over him, and they're like, how come you have such a tremendous result? And, and, and one pastor said, can I follow you all the time? And, and Moody says, okay, follow me. So the guy followed him, and then once um, um, he observed Moody in all his ministry, he says this, there is no way we can account for your results in terms of your natural abilities. <laughs> that was a compliment. It's supposed to be a compliment. The guy says, look, we look at you, you're nobody, you're nothing. But your results are overwhelming. So, there must be God here. Remember Apostle Paul? He was saying, he says in, in Second Corinthians, he says, people tell me you write all these letters and everything, and you, when you show up, we look at you, and we're like, oh my gosh, you're nobody. You're short, you barely speak, you have broken English or whatever the language that they spoke, and you're funny, you sound funny, but... The power of God was in, and Paul was extremely effective. And in fact, people was, were envious of him. Why? Because of his effectiveness. Power of God. Now, this story with Isaac, I, I just want you to live with this. Did you know that God did not show his power through some identifiable acts. Like we like in religious churches, we like to, to, to shake a little bit and oh, we experience some movement of God and I, see, I feel warmth. That's fine. You can do that. But I want you to kind of get rid of this religious baby stuff. It's a baby stuff. It's a baby stuff. Because do you know how God show up in Isaac's life, God showed up in Isaac's life, he dropped the seed, and God used the natural process to demonstrate his power in his life. Tomorrow, remember, remember Joseph? He would go everywhere, and people felt that God was with him. Tomorrow, I want you to go to your business and put your hand on what you're doing. Drop the seed so that God can bless the crops.
I'm speaking to somebody right now. Your competitors, listen, will wither and dry out. You will blossom. Why? Because God shows His presence through His power working in your life. Let me, let me just do this. How do I experience power of God in my life? Let me give you a hint in my life. Do you know that my family, natural family, laugh at me and mock me because they say that I, I always do something that is impossible. But they don't know that I learned the secrets. In order for you to experience God's power in your life, do something that is impossible on the natural today. I want, to, I want you to tomorrow, do you want to experience the presence of God tomorrow? Do something that is impossible and let God bless your crops. Why do you put seeds in the dry land? Have you ever thought about that? To allow God to bless your seed. And so competitors look at him, at Isaac, all the competitors look at Isaac and they said, there ought to be a sworn agreement between us. We need to sign the contract another way. Because somehow I feel that the God is with you. This, this banker who has a, such a powerful influence in the America, he sends an email to me and he says, let's write the contracts. And I'm like, are you kidding me? My last name is Abram Chuck. It doesn't sound good. I have broken English. What do you want from me? And he says, let's sign the contract. I don't know why and I don't know how, but I do need to sign the contract with you. I'm talking to somebody here. The power of God is upon you. You experience God's presence in your life when you do something that is completely outlandish and God blesses and people look at it. Look at this. Listen to me. God gives you fresh ideas and fresh view and fresh perspective so that you are blessed in what you're doing and all the competitors look at you and they're like, oh, we must be doing what he's doing because somehow we know that God is with him. I hate when people compete with each other in the church. I think it's completely ridiculous when churches compete with each other. Are you, what are you talking about? We never compete. All what we do is generate, develop awareness of God in the church. That's all what we do.